Spoiler alert, we spoil movies on this show. Specifically, we talk about Logan and uh, we really spoil Logan. You really need to go see the film. <laughs> yeah. Um, a bunch of the X-Men films, specifically like uh, the other Logan films and X-Men. We spoil a lot of um, old westerns <laughs> from <Yes>. like 1920s. <laughs> so be wary about those. But other than that, I think we we're pretty good. So you've been warned. Yeah. Hi guys. So in Hollywood, when you've got proven characters and like a successful franchise built around them, you don't ever bring that franchise to an end. You don't kill off characters in Hollywood. You bleed them till they're dry. And then far more often than not, you end up with like a franchise capping film that doesn't really make anyone happy. Really specifically looking at things like Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That was a train wreck in front of a train wreck. Um, but I'll ask you this. What if a studio decided to let a director go buck wild with one of their franchises? What if they let one of their biggest stars completely off the chain? What if a franchise finally dropped all that pretense uh, of being for teenagers uh, or a broad audience and, and delivered a full-blown R-rated spectacle for its adult fans, the kind of thing diehard geeks have been wanting to see for going on to close to two decades now. And what if that movie turned out to be not only one of the franchise's best films, but one of the best comic book movies ever made? Well, you know, we don't have to wonder that any longer because 20th Century Fox let Logan happen. And we're here to talk about that. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Enjoy the Show, uh, the show where we discuss why we enjoy shows. Makes a lot of sense, the name of the stupid show. Uh, this episode is brought to you by uh, Dollar Shave Club. Thank you so much, Dollar Shave Club. Today, I'm very excited because I am joined by my good buddy, Marcus, smart movie man and beautiful human being all together. I'm also joined by someone who I'm not really happy about this gag, but I'm going along with it. We have Logan with us. Fuck! <laughs> Charles! <laughs> Take your pills, Charles! <laughs> Fuck! Two of these right now. You old bastard! Um, God damn it! Logan! I hurt all over. <laughs> I hurt! All, my, all these holes in me, they won't heal! I noticed, Logan, you also recently went to the doctor and got blood taken? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's real. Fuck! Yeah, so... Yeah. For reals, Logan might um, faint and die while we're shooting this because yeah. Logan gave like six vials of blood to a doctor. They also made my daughter. I have a daughter now. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> I hate my life. I think we're going to have to sharpen your knives a little, Lee. Yeah. This, they this, look a little like butter knives. This is so stupid. <laughs> do you want to take... Why did I do this? Do you want to take... Why did y'all make me do this? Why? Do you have a fake beard on? You have a real beard. <laughs> like you have, like a like like look at this stupid beard. This is this is one they're like we need to get John a fake beard. Like I've literally been on set for shorts and they've had to darken yep. in my facial I hair. That. I remember that. They use mascara. <laughs> yep, they yeah. use mascara and make me look like I'm a more of a man than I am. You went out of your way and went and got that thing. <laughs> I mean, I have a beard, yeah, but it's Can like I try that on? it's not Logan beard. Um, I mean, I am. Beard. It's going gray and stuff like that. But I mean, I don't, there you go. You know, I'm, I don't, I'm on my way to you old man. You Logan. needed to like. You did it the opposite though. You needed to like shave oh, this shave the, and then part. leave it, yeah. leave it big on the muttons. 
How's that's, this look? Is this just, a good look? You look like Jesus. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. <laughs> I am! Yeah. Oh man, this is total Jesus yeah. beard. It's, it's the person you've always wanted to be, a god. It is totally Jesus beard. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, enough stupidity with, um, you really went over to, to um, what's her name, Slay, and, sh- and asked her, like, could you bloody me just, up? Can you put holes in my shirt, <laughs> like, just make me look like I got covered? Um, I have a video of it. We'll have to, we'll have to uh, tag that into something. What a great bit. All right, so that was good. Um, I think we're done. We can, we've done enough about Logan. See we'll ya. see you guys later. Let's go do the post show. <laughs> No, 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 we're gonna talk about Logan. Um, a little warm up, have some fun before we get into actually the meat of this fantastic movie. Um, so a great part of this movie is the just the amount of swearing. I love it, and just like it's literally off the bat. I think it's like Logan's first word in the movie is he rolls over groggily and just mutters "fuck." So I wa- I asked you guys to um, you guys can play this game at home if you want. I'd love to hear it in the comment section. Best f bomb in a film. Well, I've got a couple. Go for it, Marcus. I mean, you always have good answers. Okay, so one of them is Pulp Fiction. Which one? Uh, when she's in the in the diner and she's like, I'm going to execute every last motherfucking one of you. That's a good one. That one's... Tarantino drops good swears. Yeah. He's good at the F-bomb. That's, yep. that's, and he thinks about them and uses uses them pretty carefully. Samuel um, Jackson's got... I think, I think on that's... Own, he's on his own track, though. Is, is Would you say Pulp Fiction is where Samuel Jackson got that reputation of being the sweary motherfucker? I think it happened before that, and I a think bit, uh, yeah. True Romance is when he first showed up, and he talks about eating female genitalia um, at the very beginning of the movie. I did not see that well, movie. Also, that is you... a badass movie written by Tarantino. He didn't get to direct it. Mm. His buddy True Romance did. is a Tarantino. Tony Scott, is that correct? But Pulp Fiction yeah, with his monologue yeah. well, actually, and his whole thing. Yeah, I have a little but, test for you guys because I knew you'd bring up Tarantino, so I looked this up. Out of all of his films, what do you think is the number one film with the most F-words in it? Of Tarantino's? Mm-hmm. Jackie Brown? I don't know. It's, it's, Django? It's, it's not Django. Mm-mm. It's not, can't be Hateful Eight. Nope. Was it Planet Terror? No. Or, or Death Proof or which? Reservoir Dogs. Oh, oh. yeah, had, Reservoir Dogs has yeah. so much had swearing. four more fucks than Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yeah, I love Reservoir Dogs. Crazy. Yeah, I actually looked it up, like, uh, Reservoir Dogs has 296 F words to the 265 of Pulp Fiction. Then it's Kill Bill. How many one, minutes two. is Reservoir Dogs? I don't know. Look up how many. That's like that's got to be. That, that actually could be a fucking that's minute. A fuck, that's two fucks every minute. <laughs> Pretty much. There's a, they they squeeze a lot of fucks in there. That's what Tarantino's good for. A two-hour film is 120 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that means that they had two fucks per minute. Per, per minute. It's pretty insane. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I'm gonna go the other route because uh, I think TV is good as well, which you you kind of rarely get on cable. But one of the best fucks that really it's a fuck that hit me hard. I got fucked up by this fuck. <laughs> I think we all did. Uh, Breaking Bad. Spoiler alert: You should have watched the greatest show. Of all time. Oh, I love this. Man. Uh, I think it's season three. This isn't three. a spoiler. No, this, this is just a great moment from midway through the entire yes. show. Uh, because basically uh, uh, cable uh, TV shows are allowed one F word. They have to censor it. But you can have one fuck in a season. Did they censor it? They did censor it. Okay. Um, but uh, it is season three, I believe. Skylar's starting. Works. Skylar's working for her old boss, yeah. Ted. Yeah. And she finally sleeps with him. Yeah. She comes home. In to, secret. In secret. She comes home to Walter. She's just sitting at the uh, the counter and it's like. Well, it's because he's all proud of himself and he's actually on a high. Yeah. He's and on, she wants to take him down. And a he's peg. just talking and she just looks at him. And she's like, "I fucked Ted," and you're like, 
Oh, and he's, and he, and <laughs> oh my God! Cranston's there, just like eating his food while she says that. It was fantastic. Like, I thought about it. Like if I had a girlfriend who came home and like said something like that, or a wife, I'd be like, I, I would die. Yeah, that'd be sucky if that happened in your life. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I actually got reminded of, uh, I didn't mean to make that weird, that was actually pretty funny. Uh, I got reminded of, uh, I think, a fuck that, that I thought was one of my favorites. That's so casual. Yeah. Eh, you know. Uh, it's pro- I could probably put some thought into some other ones, but, uh, uh, one of the YouTubers, uh, Now You See It, he's a great video, video essayist, and, uh, he did a video essay on, oh, what's it, Mi- Little Miss Sunshine? Yeah. And and it was on this. It was on about the comedy of it. Paul Dano, tiny little Paul Dano, who's so young and 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 black haired and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. In that one, he plays a, a boy who's mute by choice. Oh yeah, I remember this and, scene. Um, yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's staying mute until he he can achieve something or become he's, a pilot. He wants to become yeah. a pilot. Yeah, yeah. and then That's he finds out that he can't. Carell lets they find out that he's colorblind, and Carell lets him know you can't become a pilot if you're colorblind. And he loses it, and like yeah. he's having this fit. And they have to pull the van over, and he just runs out of the van and just yells, fuck! Yeah, it's good. And it's like the first time he talks in the entire film. It's a fantastic, like, visceral moment. Yeah, agreed. So, yeah, there's like... I feel like the word fuck can be used in any context, and it's kind of like the word dude. Yeah. Because you can be like, dude, dude? Yeah. Dude, you know, well, same same thing with fuck. I feel like there's like, a Monty Python bit about yeah. that. The whole fuck. like of, of fuck. The, yeah, yeah. It depends on like fuck. like Tarantino can use it so much because he's so masterful at it. But then I like just a single fuck. I'm just a one fuck guy. <laughs> like I like just a well, well timed, good, just you know, momentary fuck. Yep. I like that quick fuck. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just trying to like. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah I think something. I think you've run out. Yeah, but no, baiting. there's some other ones that I wanted to hit, like Goodfellas, like the pay you, fuck you, pay me scene was awesome. I think the best fuck actually, the most memorable, was Yippie Kaye, motherfucker. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good. Well, that's a that's more of a motherfucker. I feel like that one's a little. That was like a little too like mainstream for me. Yeah, you know? Mo- like motherfucker. Motherfucker is different from fuck. Uh, clearly, it's talking about fucking your mom. Is different than just fucking. In can case we, can you we move on so we can talk about Logan? <laughs> well, I, I, I had one more. One, one more. more example was was from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and there's <laughs> there's there's a scene where Steve Martin has just been through some serious shit. Yeah. The keys didn't work. He had to make it all the way back to the airport. He had to cross the the tarmac. Yeah. He finally gets into the desk. The lady's on the phone talking about like it's the secretary from yeah. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and she's like, <laughs> Oh yeah, and doing that whole bit. And she's on the phone talking about like cranberry sauce or something, and Steve Martin is just—he's uh, just fuming. And he finally gets up to the counter, and and he's and he, he, I don't know—he maybe uses the word fucking maybe twenty times. Yeah. He's like, I want a fucking car with a fucking seat with four fucking <laughs> I don't tires. I remember that. I'll have to go back and rewatch. He's just—he's just losing it. And you can see you can see the, the the secretary lady, and she goes from like you know, how may I help you, <laughs> you know, to like, <laughs> she gets really mad, and you can tell they have this like standoff. And and like Steve Martin's just like that, that. It makes me so sad. There's an entire generation that's coming up that doesn't really know Steve Martin and that generation of comedians oh, very yeah. well. Oh yeah, no, the guy's a genius. He's, You've he's, never he's seen the timing. jerk. He's, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, Steve Martin. We can talk about Steve. We'll, we'll, we we might have to do enjoy the show. What cat juggling but, is? Yeah, okay. Cat <laughs> juggling is one of the <laughs> best black. scenes ever. <laughs> real quick, there's a new uh, film that has the most fucks in it. Who what? I know what it is. Is it, is it fuck the documentary? Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street, oh, yeah. Wolf of Wall Street well, was the most mainstream. There's two films above it. Yeah, there's it. two films above Swearnet it. Swearnet and the documentary on fucks. Yeah. But 
Wolf of Wall Street has 569 yeah. fucks in was it. Was that yeah. movie nominated for, that movie was nominated for Academy Awards. Oh, yeah. So a nominee, Academy Award nominated film has the record yeah. for. And just for them in comparison, yeah. remember, for those of you who think that Pulp Fiction was like the most, 269 for Pulp Fiction, 569 for Wolf of Wall Street. That's ins- a lot. That's fucking insane. Okay, so, so that's four or five a minute. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of fucking. Yeah. Can we can we move on to one Logan? every twelve seconds? Just move on to Logan. So, like we've said on this show and we've talked about in the past, the buzz on Logan it had been building for months, but even then, it was hard not to be skeptical. I was skeptical after at least one very bad Wolverine movie and another that really only seemed to make half the fan base truly happy, and I wasn't in that group. It seemed unlikely. To me, that a third at-bat would really change anything. Even with that hard R rating they were talking about, or how far was this movie going to go? Um, a little more blood, a few, you know, we're talking about F-bombs, maybe some Hugh Jackman peen, if we were lucky. Um, we were right to be skeptical. I stand by it. But, holy shit, were we wrong. Uh, Logan isn't just the shot in the arm that the X-Men franchise needed. It's the shot in the arm the entire like genre of comic book movies needed. Um, what about you guys? I, I know you both have seen it and you have spoke positively about it. Are mm-hmm. you just, what's, what's your thoughts on Logan? So I thought that uh, the, re- uh, the reason I love Logan so much is that it was a Western. And that's the genre that is most near and dear to me because that was my childhood. And the movie is you just- You dropped so many Western movie titles. You, I, I thought I had seen a lot growing up with a father. That's all he watched. You have seen so many Westerns. That, that was my entire childhood. That and James Bond. <laughs> we'll talk about you're that talking later. about something we talked about we're, we're, in the post show that we record before the yeah, show. We're going to talk about that later. But this movie really <laughs> was a western, and it was a shade. It had shades of a lot of the best westerns of all time, yeah. specifically John Wayne movies. Uh, when we're talking about the Cowboys, which is a movie where John Wayne has to use young children to do a man's job, yeah, very much like Laura and her friends at the end of the movie have to take care of a big, uh, big mission in yeah. defeating uh, the bad guys. Uh, the Searchers, where John Wayne literally sets off to find his young niece, reminiscent of you know Logan having to care yeah. for his newfound daughter. It's funny you know, that they. Um, I think it would have uh, taken away from that feeling because I, I could tell from interviews that Hugh Jackman was really excited about the whole Western nod in the film, but they originally weren't set in Mexico for where Xavier was hiding and yeah. that kind of thing, and that was something they added in later through the process. And I feel like I, it, I liked that part. I yeah, liked, I liked the border sort of like the tension between the two mm-hmm. the two locations. Uh, I, I felt like um, the movie just was uncomfortable. Like I I had an uncomfortable feeling almost the entire movie. High tension, right? Yeah, it's the like they did a time. really good job of building the tension and holding it. Right. Yeah. Usually a writer will use what's called fun and games, mm-hmm. quote unquote, and it's it's when you let the audience relax. Yeah. And have a moment to like go, oh, okay, no one's gonna die in these scenes. Yeah. There are smiles on people's faces and we can we can I can let go of some of this stress. They didn't do that. Yeah. The closest well, they thing did we got, and then followed they did in that one scene mm-hmm. in the dinner table and then followed up by yeah. everybody yeah. That dying. Was, that You're was right. Still, I guess uh, that's that's the closest we got yeah. was that little dinner. But that yeah. was a happy moment where you knew that when you let go that it was gonna get ramped up again and that was a very uneasy feeling. I was waiting for yeah. it. I was I, I already knew I was like, these people are not making it. <laughs> these people are and that fucked. was that was <laughs> the best part of the movie, I think, uh, taking it away from the X-Men thing. Because I think in the first five minutes you do have to get used to the fuck you because basically there's a scene where Logan and, and Charles literally tell each other to go fuck off. Yeah. So it's weird to kind of hear. It's almost like hearing the parents cuss for the first yeah. time. No, I, but I, after you get over that, it's it's different. But then that high tension, you never know when yeah. somebody's about to die. And that's not that's unlike any other X-Men film. Because the whole movie, you know that nobody's really dying until the end. Well, I mean, I think that's, that's the Wolverine character it, in itself, that when we create these characters that 
one, we need to exist for forever for franchise reasons. Mm -hmm. And then two, we literally just put things into the character that makes so we can't kill them. It's like Superman, you know? Um, although yeah, Superman just died so in the last one. It's so boring to me. I'm well, so tired agreed. Of that. That's why like people got mad. But yeah. in the Joss concept Whedon, of healing in general kind yeah. of you know goes against that. When Whedon killed Quicksilver in in uh, Age of Ultron, like I like that 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 he killed someone and and he that's all he could kill because that's all that Marvel would let him. Yeah. But I like that. Because yeah. there's got to be consequences. I like that there's consequences. Well, I also like that the, this was about dysfunctional relationships with people. And, and even though these people weren't necessarily related, this was definitely a movie about like per- parents and, mm-hmm. and sons and daughters. And, you know, like Xavier playing a, a parental role for Wolverine. Xavier and, and, and Logan's you know, back and forth. Like, their chemistry yeah, was, it was amazing. Good. And it was again, really good. I got to take this back to Westerns because to that point exactly, you look at movies like True... Uh, True Grit, yeah. uh, Rooster Cogburn, uh, and, and the girl that hires him yeah. uh, to track down the man that killed her father. That is a very uneasy relationship. Sure, sure. Unforgiven, Morgan Freeman, yeah. uh, and Clint Eastwood. An uneasy relationship well, right there. Jackman it, says that Unforgiven was a big... Uh, yeah, uh, and you, uh, you can see that in the film. In fact, there, there's literally a nod to Westerns in it because Laura and Charles, spoiler, are watching Shane, mm-hmm. yeah. which is a story about Did a mysterious... Did you just give a spoiler alert about them watching Shane in the film? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. Yes. But Shane is about a mysterious man with a bunch of badassery that has to protect villagers. Yeah. That literally no, is the movie. I mean, this movie is not a, a stereotypic superhero movie. No. This is a movie about people and emotions yeah. that just so happen to be superheroes. You know, I felt like you know um, what you know what I I thought about this film was that um, it obviously I, I loved it. It made me realize that this film couldn't have happened, though, without all of its predecessors. Mm. This movie wouldn't have had the weight it had or, or, or you know, the gravitas of all these characters, if not for even the shitty X-Men films. And not that those shitty X-Men films had to have been shitty for this movie to exist, but this movie gained from those movies. Yeah, because if you think about it, and I was kind of talking to you about this before the show, that I think Wolverine might, it just popped in my head, maybe I'm just in this small camp, that he's underrated. The relationship between him and Professor X, went back and looked, it started back in 2000. So literally all of us who've been watching it since 2000, that's 17 years of that relationship that we've seen come to an end. Yeah, the first, I mean, the first X-Men film, and I had to remember all this stuff because it's been so long since I've watched some of these films, but the first X-Men film is through Wolverine's eyes. He was the introduction to, he was the introduction to Marvel's universe. That's, that's, that's what he was. Yeah. Wolver, through Wolverine's yeah. eyes, we were first introduced into, uh, you know, the, well, not the first, I think Spider-Man might have come before X-Men. It was X-Men first. Well, but that was the first movie that, that, that this, this was their Anyways, focus. You yeah. know, and it the started X-Men by, franchise alone was yeah, introduced yeah. through Wolverine's eyes. And you right. have that kind of father-son relationship with Professor X and Logan for mm-hmm. all those years. Yeah. And I always think that less is better sometimes in movies. Uh, you don't need the dialogue. And there's so many subtle nods and looking at each other between Logan and Charles that really hit home for you. Yeah. Like that, that speak volumes, kind of like what you're talking about, that they've been through so much. They've seen each other die so many times. Mm-hmm. And now Charles is stuck over there with Alzheimer's having to take his pills, which is hilarious. That was, um, um, since you brought that up, uh, they... Not, but, sorry, Alzheimer's is not hilarious. That's not what I was saying. <laughs> That's very serious disease. I, I don't want that to be misconstrued. I'm talking about just uh, terminal brain illness, he, the taking well, of the pills, and, and that they didn't kind really of, yeah, explain it, you know, like. No. But, but they, I mean, it was pretty clear that he had some sort of degenerative brain stuff going on. Did they say Alzheimer's on. at one point? He, he, they say Alzheimer's. Yeah, they said yeah. Alzheimer's, they said Alzheimer's, in, Alzheimer's in, uh, yeah. in the most powerful. I thought mind. that was just the uh, the doctor saying, "What does he got? Mm-hmm. ALS, Alzheimer's?" Nah, I, I could yeah. be wrong. I'd have yeah. to go rewatch it to be sure. But uh, I don't know. I don't feel like they really they didn't. I, 
That Maybe was a good twist that, yeah. for um, a comic book uh, reader like me because this is loosely based off of a comic book, Old Man Logan, mm-hmm. um, as well as stuff from X-23, the, his, the lore and everything like that, um, but really doesn't take ton from it. Um, but they, they hinted at an incident at the Xavier Institute, which left Xavier where he was and it left right. Logan in, in you know, exile and that kind of thing. And in the comic, it's Wolverine that kills everybody. He gets yeah. it's it's he is the start of basically this apocalyptic timeline where he gets tricked by a a illusionist yeah. into thinking everybody in the institute is a bad guy and he literally just goes on a berserk rage and kills everybody yeah. and so that's why he's left himself in exile doesn't pop his claws anymore and that kind of thing but it was it was an interesting twist they made Xavier that cause well and to that point uh, kind of back to the less is more. In other X-Men films or other Marvel films, I would have expected a flashback in the movie to show me what happened. Yeah. You get to have your own imagination with that. And, and again, with uh, you're, you're kind of anticipating that when you see superheroes in a movie that eventually their powers are going to come out. Yeah. And you kind of have that feeling, or at least I did, that Charles is going to, at one point, use his powers, like somehow get out of the fog of his own mind On a horse. and help Wolverine. Doesn't happen. Yeah, and I loved it. He, he helps a horse. So you don't think he helps a fucking horse? He helps a couple know, horses. But, so but that's are, it. Uh, but so are you thinking that when he went into that seizure, at, 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 when everyone's in the hotel, you don't think that was intentional? No, I think no, that was I good think, timing. I think yeah, it was, it was timing. I, I didn't know think, that I know that they build it as such, right? Yeah. And that's the way Wolverine labeled it, like oh whatever. You know that was just a you not taking. I don't think Xavier build. knew that he could he could cause his own. I think he said it in the film a little too coincidental. Well, he said he was yeah. not taking his meds because he wanted to be lucid and there. Yeah. And so that's why he wasn't doing it. And so I think that was him trying to rationalize why. Then it was also good that he had that seizure, or else they'd all be dead because the guys I, would have gotten. I will it. say that's something I really enjoyed about uh, the whole slow mo chase thing. Like we've seen, you know. Chase scenes are typically fast-paced. I was holding my breath. This this was like this was broken down into it, you know this was more this was much more it held the tension much better than a car chase or yeah. you know a fast you know what I mean like when they're in the in the no, forest and as they're, soon they're as, doing flips and they're jumping on each as other as soon and that's as he great, puts that that but, needle into Xavier and the seizure stops yeah and then people I just could, just everyone in the, the audience just had to be like yeah oh, okay we made it we made it because <laughs> you're yeah. at a point in the movie again we're talking about the high tension that that could have been it for Charles. Sure. He could have got shot right there, and, yeah. it, and Logan could have missed out. You don't know. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was an amazing scene, but I, and I like how they ramped up the action near the end. I like that it was more of a sweeping epic, yeah. and just driving across the country, which well, again I, just reminded me of like Roach Perdition. Like all the, this movie, yeah. Logan reminded yeah. me of every movie that I fucking love. I didn't think about this when I watched it last night, but all your examples of it being a western are completely accurate. Yeah, no, you're you're exactly right. And this it's on is, pace. And I'm so glad that they shot in Mexico and West Texas. There's just something magical about that place. It's the light. It's it's yeah, the it's, it's the tone of the dirt yeah. and 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 that sort of like you get that dusk lighting more of the day just because yeah. you know and the colors. What about some things we didn't like about Logan? Because I have two things that I didn't particularly particularly like. I'm gonna get my fucking words out. I did give blood today, so <laughs> I have a limited <laughs> amount did. of time on the show before he, he I might fucking die. die. Um, Stephen Merchant was good. Is this uh, which one was it? Was he the secret? Caliban? Yeah, Caliban. Yeah. It, it was. Eh. I love Stephen Merchant. Stephen Merchant. I love Stephen Merchant. For those who don't, uh, yeah. if we say a name like Stephen Merchant, you don't know what we're talking about. He's basically Ricky Gervais's writing partner. Mm-hmm. Tall guy. Um, tall, tall, slim guy. Yeah. Uh, also did the HBO series um, Hello Ladies, mm-hmm. which was actually really good. He's hilarious. Um, He's great. Hilarious guy. Also the voice of Wheatley in Portal 2. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah, I, I felt like he wasn't the strongest character, but... I, I mean, liked his. I liked a, his. His. He's his kind outro. of a necessary. He, he was a necessary like, character for yeah. sure. I just didn't feel like. I didn't really feel that connection to him. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's one of the things I didn't like. And then again, hey, 
Why, why did we only get two Johnny Cash songs? Can we get more Johnny Cash? You can never have enough Johnny Cash. We only got two Johnny Cash songs. They probably could only Maybe expensive. Could have yeah. done the whole album in the entire <laughs> movie, and it would have fit. There's a song. There is for every scene I could have picked out a Johnny Cash song. Song. Sean. Actually, in in when we listen, <laughs> listen, we we filmed Sin City. Uh, they used uh, Johnny Cash's "Hurt" mm-hmm. as the song for Mickey Rourke to get ramped up and to get into character. So when I, we were working on set there, they would play that song sometimes for one and two hours on repeat. God. Every day. And so at some point, I, some, of those, some of that album has lost a lot of its <laughs> yeah. like, impact for me. Yeah. And, and, and even though I love that song, and it is a perfectly appropriate song, the whole like, you know, everyone, everyone goes away kind of like yeah. that concept, perfect metaphor for the yeah. whole film. Um, but yeah, I like at the end of the movie. I was when, when that song popped up. I was like, oh god, not this again. <laughs> I was like, but yeah, I mean, it's a it's a good song. It definitely holds a lot of emotional weight, yeah. and it's 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 definitely like a, a a you know a song about the end. Yeah, and it, you know, it so. perfectly fit. And for it's also not a Johnny Cast fuck. You got this, dude. You can make it. Johnny, we got like Johnny's, well, Johnny's like, pissed. Just ten minutes. Ten Johnny minutes. When we get through this. He heard you. Song. He's so angry. It's a Nine Inch Nail song. It's Trent Reznor. Right. No, yeah, it is. Yeah, but yeah. it was, but it was like made for Johnny. Well, even, like, even right Reznor after June has said died. that. Yeah. Even, like, I mean, Reznor, Reznor has come out and said, "That's that's that's Johnny's song now." Yeah. Um, yeah. Johnny's dead, by the way. Johnny's <laughs> dead. Everybody's dead. Uh, Again, another movie I love because everybody dies for the most part. Part of the movie that I love and something that I'm noticing recently with a lot of films that are using this is it's a product of perfect child casting. Child casting can make or break a film. I was literally um, just about to talk about that. Thank and uh, and I just I think I've just recently watched a lot of films that that have succeeded because they accomplished it. Uh, a lot of Oscar films were that way. Moonlight. Um, Moonlight's that way. Killed. Lion is that way. The kid who plays him at the beginning is just, just fantastic. Adorable. Uh, uh, Mr. Fantastic. Um, Viggo Mortensen film recently. The Wilder People. Hunt for the Wilder People. That kind of thing. So it's a lot of films that. You know, you can you can ruin your film if you get bad child casting. Yeah. And Laura, who the the little girl who played Laura, and such a and they talk about it in an interview I was watching last night about how often with these child casting calls or casting calls in general, they'll they'll you know audition hundreds upon hundreds of kids. Like I remember sure. when Disney talked about uh, casting Moana, they they audition. A lot of times they go on they go to multiple cities and and. And do casting like calls. like American Idol style auditioning yeah. that many people for Moana because it's so important for them to get that right girl for that. This one they joke because they didn't get that many as you would in other stuff because of how specific they needed. They needed that um, they needed a, a mixed race, you know, with some of the Hispanic and white in her and that kind of thing. They needed someone who was the size and age. They needed someone who had the physical ability to do what say, she did. I, I really wonder: is she a gymnast? You know, like what's what's her background? Yeah, I didn't because, go into detail of her background, but they know, that, but that was a requirement. She had to be yeah. able to do a fuck ton. Of, she was a I mean, bad. Well, ass. My, my, I'm curious how much was actually her and how much was a, a stunt a stunt person. Uh, I mean, I'm sure as the movie, you know, the more I know they had one, out. and I know that some of those flips were likely too CG, difficult yeah. to, to for, for oh, a child yeah. to do. But I thought they did a pretty good job. But even I, even if she didn't accomplish all of the acrobatic feats. The fact that she was physically able to embody a strong, she, she had the rage factor, twenty going. pound creature. Yeah, yeah. Like that's hard. That's hard to um, that just the, her her snarl. She had like she's got a brow thing going. That's that was pretty good. Just 
pulled yeah. that off and to be I, able to, to, to do that and be, and again, talking about from the comic nerd side, X-23 is such a fun character in the comics and her story was so fun to read that when they said they were going to put her in this film, I was like, please don't fuck it up. She's so cool. I think they were pretty smart. I mean, well, and correct me if I'm wrong, in the comic book, is she mute as well? No, she just doesn't talk very much. Okay. She's I, just, she's emotionally stunted. I think that was stunted. really clever. Yeah. Okay? yeah. Because it meant that they could focus the casting on that physicality, on the, on the facial expression on the emotion that she Which was able she to convey. nailed. I know, and perhaps that they realized it, after they'd gotten into casting that maybe she wasn't great about memorizing lines. When yeah. she got or, into or knowing, that, you know, when she finally talked and was just rattling off that monologue <laughs> yeah, Spanish, of Spanish, yeah, that was great. It's a great moment, and like even Hugh or Logan was He's just like, like all right, all right, yeah. all right, all right. Yeah. It was fantastic. That's, well, that's, that was just another F-bomb. He's like, you can fucking talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how Mariel uh, talks to me whenever she gets mad. Like, she just rattles off a bunch of Spanish. <laughs> so I hear that shit all the time. Yeah. But again, less is more. She doesn't need to talk. It was perfect. No, she and, was the best. Yeah. To me, I thought Hugh Jackman gave one of his best performances of all time in this. Certainly I didn't realize as the best this. X Again, I you know doing research for the the, the show. Uh, Wolverine was his first feature. Uh, X Men was mm-hmm. his first feature. Yeah. Oh wow. Really? Like I didn't realize that. Like Hugh Jackman not only was introduced to America that way, but he yeah. was like he, had uh, done, he did Swordfish. No, Swordfish came after. I know X-Men. he did after, but I'm just saying he was. A, that's that's how America really got introduced to him. Because that fucking movie, um, Halle Berry's right next tits. to Halle Berry's tits. Um, there's nothing that movie is known for other than other Halle Berry's tits. Tits. Um, Don't act like you haven't seen them. I've seen them many a time. <laughs> uh, but that was that was Hugh's introduction, and 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 the fact that he that's been. His life for 17 years mm-hmm. of us, you know, just riding through yeah. these X-Men films with him. We, I sent you guys this this retrospective video that I found online it's last very night. Very sad. It was like a three-minute next set to you know Johnny Cash's Hurt. Yep. But it 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 was such one of those great internet edits of bringing up all the feels of how we have watched. Hugh as Wolverine for you know close to two decades. Yeah, That's no, insane. We're, we're completely invested in him as an, as an audience. They've never, they've always cast him every time. They didn't like have a contract disagreement yeah. and have somebody have else like as a Wolverine Terrence in Howard, one movie. Don Cheadle. <laughs> go oh on yeah, Iron Man. Yeah. Well, it's also just weird. Yeah, get another black guy because that, like, that's that's cool. We like, know how I, that went down is that they had to pay Robert Downey Jr. more money. And yeah, exactly. Terrence didn't want to <laughs> take the. Yeah, whatever. Didn't take uh, that's okay. Terrence has figured out his own math. Not only was you don't he, know that. Look that oh, shit no. up. That'll blow your I, mind. That's right. Yeah. One plus one is not two. <laughs> He's good he made his own Terrence. math. Anything times. Yeah. But not only was he Wolverine. Not only was he this character for so long. Because we've got people that have been characters for forever. But he for 17 years he was this character for like nine films mm-hmm. like not just uh you know a film and then a decade in between it was like every couple years we yeah. saw Hugh as Wolverine sometimes as the lead sometimes it's just a talking about a great uh go fuck you know, a great fuck was the uh uh first class when they're rounding up the X-Men and oh, he's at the bar and, he's and smoking Hugh's like and he says uh fuck, fuck yourself fuck off something like fuck that <laughs> and that was that was just a great moment that was his his time in there probably the worst cameo of it was in Days of Future Past no, not Days of Future, Apocalypse, where he was a uh, uh, Weapon X with the, the headgear and everything like that, and that was just like, all right, you're kind of forcing Hugh into yeah. this one. This was just, I, again, like, I'm just, I'm so happy. You should go see all the Westerns I talked about. If you haven't already, they're great. Like, I'm just kind of an old soul like that. I'm an old man inside a young boy. <laughs> this movie also serves a great purpose. Uh, Deadpool served a great purpose of showing that you can take uh, Serves purpose one, you can take obs- obscure characters people don't really know, or ones you've been fucked up already, and you can fix them, and people will like it. And two, you can do it in a R-rated 
film and it will be yeah. successful. Wolf, Logan was the next step of like, we're going to go to an established character. We're going to go to a Captain America, a Superman, and we're going to put them in an R-rated film and we're going to show that it can be good and I'm looking from the box office that it'll be successful financially. Not saying you have to always do that. I'm not saying that we should have an R-rated Fantastic Four film. We probably shouldn't have any more Fantastic Four films because well, they should just stop trying. We just need the industry to understand that they they shouldn't be trying to only... You can't, you're never going to be able to predict the trend in the ways that you think. So instead of trying to say, oh, I don't think the audiences are going to be accepting of a R-rated, you know, movie or we're going to lose a certain percentage of yeah. audience because the age, you know, the age just, our age demographic isn't going to be able to get in. Is, yeah. isn't, I don't think that's well, a thing. I think and, they're and, fucking they're kind of blurring of, that line. They're out of touch so. and I think some people are starting to figure it out. We all grew up, the kids that you were catering this to, that you're still catering to, we all grew up. Yeah. We, we see boobies now, and PPs, well, that, that and was... we like them, and we want to see them in movies, and we fucking cuss, <laughs> and we can use the depressing shit. Hey, fucking 9-11, that was our future. We deal with shit on a regular basis. Trump is our fucking president. Yeah. We can handle depressing, <laughs> stressed out shit in movies, so start making it. Give me fucking Geostorm. Yeah, give me fucking Geostorm. <laughs> That's what the kids want, is um, natural phenomenons. Yeah, we weaponized weather. No, we don't watch that. We watch fucking Planet Earth. You see that lizard? Run away from them snakes. That was the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> give me some goddamn rated R so, shit. And you did with Deadpool and Logan. And guess what? Oh, my God. They're successful. And it's like you guys have discovered sliced bread. It's not that fucking hard to figure out. We grew up. Try and keep up and keep making these movies. <laughs> fucking out. You are insanely correct in that rant. Yeah, I will insanely say. Insanely is right. Yeah. I am, yes. Well, okay, so that's, this is what they came on the scene with these movies, though, was that they you came on the scene with X-Men. No one had read X-Men or heard of X-Men except for the little nerds, so they had to make as broad an audience swath as they could. I don't know. They had a cartoon for, like, a, Again, a this is children, time. though. They needed to not just sell this movie to children. Right. They needed... Everyone to fucking go see this movie and show that they don't just know Superman, yeah. that they can do an X-Men thing. And then they kept going with it with like, they're like, oh, Wolverine's really popular in this film. We'll make X2 and make him a big part. And we'll even let him go into a berserker rage, but we will make no drops of blood happen. We will let him fuck motherfuckers up, but no blood will happen. Yeah, I, one, one thing I... I I, it, this is just continuity issues, right? And these these fall like they're not that. Don't important. Don't try to get continuity right? like figured but, out with these X Men. Well, that's films. what I'm. Well, no, 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 no. This isn't between. I all still the don't know how Professor X is alive in Days of Future Past. I still don't know. Well, doesn't he liquefy or something? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> is that if Days of Future Past fixed X Men three, or he ain't even X Men two? Yeah. Days of Future Past, Professor X can't be alive during that time. Yeah. And Magneto, okay, I don't understand how, how is, I like, it's, I like he's alive, I like, I like Patrick Stewart's Professor X. because it's ten, 10 movies between like 20 or 30 writers. Why does Shadowcat have super future powers as well? In the previous films she has just phasing abilities, she can go through walls, Days of Future Past, send motherfuckers back in time by putting her hands in their head. I don't understand. <laughs> well... It's, you it's had a, your rent, I got to have mine. This is a fantasy. Marcus, do you want to yell about something this now? What can we talk about? Fantasy go, go fucking no, I, off. I, 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 I did mine in the post show. Yeah, you Damn. did. If you want to see yeah. Marcus rant, you oh, have yeah. to watch the post show. You did get fucking mad. That was great. I, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. You were, talk, you, were, you were talking about uh, um, something about Professor X. <laughs> uh, well, I, well, no, I was actually referring to the continuity of some of oh, the continuity. blood. Like when, when you know, the, the weaponized version of Wolverine is actually fighting the real X24. Wolverine. Yeah, okay, so when X-24 is fighting Wolverine, 
they clearly got each other in the face multiple times, right? But then when they turn around, their faces aren't yeah. don't have shit out of them. I will say that there so, wasn't an extreme like attention to detail yeah. on the consistency I of know, like their slashes. I know there's yeah. no way to do that. Like I put myself in the situation if I was the prop master or was the guy dealing with all that. It's like there's so much action happening, yeah. and they don't exactly know what's going to get edited in. So it's virtually impossible. You have twelve to take, claws just flying around, right? And you've got ten takes from five angles, and you and who knows how it's going to get edited. So how do we maintain? How do we maintain that? And I think it's you don't. It's impossible. Yeah. So. So you're saying like you couldn't just have flaps of face. Yeah, because it of, might look different from different angles and like just uh, all of the above. Like if if they got slashed in the face and then five seconds later they turn around and there's no evidence of yeah. any kind of damage, then it's kind of like, well, wait, the, what, it what takes just happened you out of here? the realm of the a reality little of the bit, film. you know? Yeah. And, and man, was this film wonderfully violent. Yes, it really was. God, it was. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I felt fucking Laura comes out. With a dismembered head. Yeah, <laughs> I love that scene. When like, because they're sure that Wolverine right was gonna fuck the, people up because yeah. the movie opens up with him cutting off a guy's arm and a leg and yeah. just doing great stuff, and then Laura just walks out with a head, rolls on the ground, and that guy's like, no, no, yeah. and she's like snarling. I'm like, yeah, fuck him up. I, I love so the good. part that preceded that though, when she's just having her cereal. She's having her yeah, cereal. She's and, 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 and she, the, she knows what she can do. Yeah, and the milk's just you know on, still on her face, and she doesn't do anything beyond like a like an eyebrow raise. She's carbo-loading you know for what, what I mean? she knows <laughs> going to happen. So I thought that was great, where she was like, she took a bite, and then she was like, she sees that there's three guys in the room, and she just does one of those like, does one of those, and it was like, oh shit, she's gonna fuck them up. Yeah. So yeah. Another was, film. I'm telling you, this film just like reminds me. It's just like going off like Sparks is the professional. Sure. They have that relationship a little bit. Leon Do you have any references to films that were not made in the, like '80s <laughs> okay. or earlier? Do you want me to go on another rant with people like you're to. talking about old movies? I don't. If want you consider to. the '80s and '90s old movies, <laughs> no, you're wrong. They're not old. Old would be like Birth of a Nation. <laughs> That's fucking old. To understand and appreciate what happens now, you have to go back in time. Actually, Birth of a Nation is a and new appreciate film as well. it all. And that's how you get to this point. Doing a fucking show with a goddamn wife beater on <laughs> that hardly anybody fucking watches. I mean, what, that's what, what happens. <laughs> I mean, one of the first things that they, they talk about, if, if, you, if you're in like a film program or you go to school for filmmaking, yeah. one of the first things they tell you is like to not try to attach you know, a, a, a decade or a time period or like don't, don't, don't judge a book by its cover kind of. You mm -hmm. know? Like, just because it's an older movie and it was made two or three generations before you doesn't mean that it, it doesn't have weight. Mm -hmm. it, it, the newest, greatest, you know, the newest movies aren't necessarily the greatest movies. Mm -mm. So, yeah, I mean, that's you, you have now, to always kind of be willing to absolutely just not even and pay again, any attention to the decades that they're, they're, these movies are being produced. Go see Citizen Kane, but it fucking sucks. And don't be that fucking guy <laughs> who says it's the greatest. But there are movies that would surprise you that you go back and watch them. I think Casablanca is one of those. Mm -hmm. If you go back and watch that, mm -hmm. you're like, wow, actually, a lot of the shots look reminiscent of today, mm -hmm. like maybe they could remake sure. that movie today and sure. it could be a, a successful. Really, I, will, I will suggest a really great online series is, is Everything is a Remix. And it's, it's uh, I think the, actually they're all on YouTube now because they used to be on just Vimeo. Now they're on YouTube. Um, can't remember the name of the guy who makes them, but extremely talented video SES that has this, and he, he covers movies, music, everything, as far as like everything, nothing known to the sun. Great series, highly recommend you go watch it. Um, all right, we gotta wrap this up. Any final thoughts on Logan that you didn't get out of your system? Love the ending, the subtle nod with the X mm. as a cross. Oh, yeah, that, was that was great. And then again, uh, you know, Johnny Cash should have had more songs of his in there. Um, I didn't like the way that Logan died. We can cut that out. I mean, it's whatever. I, I, I'm, 
I, I trying to get my words together. Don't let Hugh be Wolverine again. Yeah, I think it should be done. I, I'm okay yeah. with, uh, Patrick Stewart's been iffy. He's gone back and forth now. Like, he, he got emotional when they had the premiere, said he's done. But then since then, said he might come back for Deadpool and that kind of thing. And I'm sure he might come back for other stuff. I don't care. Let, this is so poetically beautiful of ending Hugh Jackman's, like, run as this perfect, just, not perfect, but just a fantastic character. Can we, can we have an ending? Can we have it, our Bill Watterson end of Calvin and Hobbes? Can we just do that? I, I think that was the point. I think that's why, they, this is what this movie was. This, this was the full closure. This, I'm hoping. How? I mean, he's... He, I don't know, yeah, but because, they do. All right, we blew up Batman, or we didn't, and I don't know, in Dark Knight Rises, and he's in Italy, or whatever the fuck, and now we're making a whole new string of <laughs> right. Batman. People come back. continue to do, right. because but Hollywood this, looks and says, money, money, money. Yeah, but this is, this is different, again. though. I mean, I feel like he's already at an age where... Like, he can't really, you know, obviously he died in the movie, so he can't go past this timeline, right? So anytime we would need to begin... We just talked about continuity and them just jumping around in time. Right, I know, but what I'm saying is... because of his actual age, you can't really go back very easily anymore. They make you people know, young all the time in movies and films. I'm just, just saying not very Jackman. easily. Nah, but it's yeah, getting it's easier and easier. Well, yeah, it is. You've got young Anthony Hopkins in Westworld. Yeah. You've got young, what's Tarkin his, and Tarkin. And yeah, let's just make yeah. Tarkin. He's dead. <laughs> so we can do it. Yeah. Everybody, Don't. Everybody, Don't. everybody should die. I have a feeling this is it, though. <laughs> I get the impression that this was... I'm hoping. This was, this was the end. I also come from comics, though, where no one ever stays dead, though, in comics. Yeah, so yeah. that's where I come from. We need to end because I'm literally out of blood. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's really quick do... Uh, we'll do comics, uh, comics okay? Comics, comics, yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah. And before that, <clears throat> have a little something to say about Dollar Shave Club. So, I had to think about who I had to talk about. Dollar Shave Club. Hey, guys, there's no reason to use cheap disposable razors. Don't do that. You don't have to. You don't have to pay... You know, low price to get a bunch of razors. You don't have to pay a high price to get a good razor that's got a bunch of gimmicks on it and like 20-odd blades that are in five different directions. Make the smarter choice and just join Dollar Shave Club. I've done it. It's great. End of story. So before Dollar Shave Club, it was, it was. It was either you save money and get a painful shave from like a disposable razor that they give away at the gym, um, which feels like shaving with a piece of glass. Not good. Or you pay a fortune at one of those hipster gimmicky places and get a shave breakthrough, I, I don't know, something with a bunch of gimmicks on it. That was the choices. Then, now we have Dollar Shave Club. And it's the best of both worlds. You get, you get a premium shave and it's at a good disposable price. Um, I can't speak any better about how good Dollar Shave Club is. They, they have great products and they, and they have all kinds of like shave butters and post-shave creams and all kinds of products that will make you have a nice experience and not feel like you've got red burning fire in your face. Get a close, smooth shave every time. And, any, and you can't beat the, the convenience or price of the club. If you haven't tried Dollar Shave Club yet, you're missing out. It's an amazing shave at a good price. I keep saying the same thing over again because that's basically what it is. There's no smarter choice. And right now they're giving away one month free trial of any of their razors, not free, sorry, one month for a dollar, that's basically free, with free shipping. And after that, it's just a few bucks a month if you like them. There's no long-term commitments, no hidden fees, you can cancel whenever you want, you can take a break, you can say you're getting too many razors, it's fine. You get your $1 trial at dollarshaveclub.com slash enjoy, that's dollarshaveclub.com slash enjoy. Go check them out, I highly, highly recommend. All right. Okay, so we're going to do our comment section. We've got two minutes to get through as many comments as we can, yep. um, and then we'll shut up. All right. Okay. Uh, you got yours, Tyler? Yeah, I Wait do. for it. Two minutes on the clock. Go. This comes in from uh, The K Train. The best thing about Legion is that you always have the, this could 100% still be inside his mind, 
And that level of questioning is very rare in a show that actually has backstory and other mediums of work done beforehand, i.e. comics. Agreed. I Agreed. totally agree. Absolutely. Legion plays yeah. with that the whole time where you don't know if you're in his head or not. Yep. No, that's great. And I think it's a good tool for being able to, uh, you know, fix your plot holes from previous Totally episodes. could. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I like this one. No, I'm going to go to this next one. <laughs> uh, okay. Slot, slow pitch player. When Spider-Man 3 came out, me and my friends got very drunk and they went to the midnight showing. The movie was so bad, being drunk made the movie bearable. That's always what you want to hear about your films, that people had to be drunk to enjoy it. But I totally agree. That movie was a train wreck. And Which sure, one? Spider-Man 3. Emo oh, Spider-Man. Emo yeah. Spider-Man. Oh, Emo yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jazzy Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. This comes in from E-N-K-G. Uh, is that me? Tyler, have you read or watched The Book Thief? Uh, death is everywhere in that story. A quote from the first page. Here's a small fact. You are all going to die. I think I will read this book. <laughs> uh, too many feelings fling self in the it? sun. Um, but they say, they suggest, yeah, I think it was with um, was it Jeffrey Rush, maybe? I don't know. Can't remember. But it says, on that note, an episode should be centered on tragedy. I absolutely think yeah, we we'll should have, do Yeah, we'll have a sad, mm, sad We should do a, like a tearjerker movie uh, episode. That would be fun. Spanish Dog 63. I'm not sure why, but I sense the next episode of talking about Kong Skull Island and the whole MonsterVerse thing Legendary has going. I'm not promising we'll do an episode on that, but I am seeing Kong tonight. And so hopefully, I'm hoping it's really good. I do like the MonsterVerse yeah. movies. I'm excited Here's for hoping. that one. Samuel L. Jackson versus Kong. What? Go, 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 go. All right, this comes in from iWest. I would love to see an episode that highlights classic 80s movies, Ghostbusters, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Back to the Future, and why they're so highly revered, where other generations of movies have faded into popularity. I completely agree. We are going to do an episode on that. Six, five, uh, sure. Four, I got nothing else to say about that. I love the 80s. One. Done. We made it. I had other comments, but we'll leave those for I can respond, actually. And if you guys want to uh, leave us comments, we read the ones on the RT on Roosty.com um, exclusively for this segment. So if you like anything we said in the show and want to respond, or you think that we're a bunch of idiots and you want to respond, you can put those in the comments. We'll, we'll, we might respond to them next week. Well, hey, hit me up on Twitter, man. You can slide in my DMs. They're open. <laughs> Shoot me a question about movies. <laughs> don't send me dick pics. I don't want to see that shit. That's for Snapchat. That's for Snapchat. Follow me on Snapchat if you want dick pics. Good lord, we're not plugging this anymore. <laughs> Move on to the final thing. So let's raise our glasses. This is the point of the, the show where we say, here's to you, James Mangold, director of, the, of Logan, Hugh Jackman, and whatever lunatic executive at 20th Century Fox agreed to let this movie happen. You brought two of your biggest characters in for a landing, and it blew my mind. I think it's going to blow everyone else's mind. We don't know how you're going to top yourselves in this one, or if, as it's been suggested, this really is the end of Hugh Jackman. Please let it be the, Hugh, the end of Hugh Jackman as Logan. Please, 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 please. But no matter what, we've always got this film, and I, for one, couldn't be more appreciative. More of this, please. Don't make this the only one that does this. Thank you so much. Cheers to you guys. Thank you to my guests, Marcus and Logan. Good old, old man Logan for stopping by. Appreciate it. You're Take gonna, your pills, Charles! You're gonna go die right now out of blood loss. <laughs> get, get yourself a cookie and a uh, glass of orange juice. There yeah. you go. And remember, <laughs> enjoy the show.